Welcome to Old Providence, where things used to be and sometimes still are. I'm Maureen Taylor, curator and creator of oldpvd.com, a georeferencing and crowdsourcing site where you can plot your history and the story of Providence on a series of historical maps. In my other life, I'm known as the photo detective for my work revealing family history in photographs and interpreting visual history. I've had a lifelong love of Rhode Island's capital city. Whether you've recently moved here, visited on vacation, or have a deep connection to the area, you can add images and stories to oldpvd.com. It's free. Anyone can participate. My dream is for a collective sharing of the changes to the city. It is ever-changing, and never more so than right now. For what is here today could easily be gone tomorrow, resigned to Old Providence. The stories of these places and people are part of our everyday lives, or those of our ancestors. My guest today is Brenda Sullivan of the Gravestone Girls. Brenda, thank you so much for being on Old PVD, the podcast. I ran into you at the Flea this past weekend. Yes, And it was a beautiful day to be out. It was good to see you again. It was good to see people out and about again. That was actually my first event of the whole year, which is crazy. By now, I should have done 50 or 60 markets easily. And so for people that don't understand what the Gravestone Girls is all about and what you're selling in your booth at the Flea, it's castings of markings on gravestones. Is that a correct? Yeah. Yeah, so they're gravestone replicas. Uh, I take an impression directly from the face of the original. I do so safely because I have an art history and restoration background. Um, I take an impression to collect the image, uh, usually all the really fabulous primitive art that you find on colonial gravestones. Um, Once I've collected it, I can then bring it back to my workshop. I make a model, then I make a master mold, and then I cast my pieces from that master and hand finish them. So they go on the wall, they can hang, you can put them, we make magnets, you can put them on your fridge, we have coasters and pin boards and mirrors and all kinds of things. And when you do these castings, I know you travel all over the country doing castings in various cemeteries, but since this is Old Providence, I know for a fact that we talked on Sunday about some of the gravestone castings you've made here in the capital city, uh, North Burial Ground. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have one piece in the collection from uh, St. John's Cemetery, which is right downtown on the, I believe that's the north end of Main Street. Mm -hmm. It's a big, beautiful winged hourglass. Had that one for a long time. Um, And then I would say within the last couple of years, we've been into North Burial and we have maybe five or six other images, some wing skulls, uh, another really lovely winged hourglass. And it's funny, it's a smaller version of the same image by the same carver, it turns out, with a little research. And um, it's just the smaller version of, so I've got sort of a small, medium, and large variety of those winged hourglasses. Um, Some funny faces. There's so much good good stuff of all three of the major periods in in, uh, gravestone and cemetery evolution. And they are all contained on the burial ground that is called North Burial Ground. Is there anything unique that you found in a Providence Cemetery? Is it just the St. John's and North Burial Ground at this point? Because I know they're historical cemeteries. Those are the ones I have um, 
castings from, but there are, you know, there's so, so many other graveyards and cemeteries in, in Rhode Island as a whole, and certainly is in Providence. Um, you've got a 19th century rural garden cemetery in Swan Point, which is Providence, um, which is private. Uh, it, is, it is a privately held, basically nonprofit corporation and uh, operated by a board of trustees. So I cannot get permission to work in there. Um, you've got a really fabulous, another old colonial, uh, just up behind the congregational church off of Benefit Street that is full of lovely things in a very, very small space. Um, there's a group uh, called the Rhode Island Historic Cemetery Commission. And over the years, and I bet they've been at it 30 years or more, they've created a database of not just Providence cemeteries, but all the cemeteries in Rhode Island. And if I am correct, I do believe that there is something to the effect of 12,000 Rhode Island cemeteries in the database and upwards of 400,000 gravestones that have been documented. Uh, I pulled up a page for just Providence, and I've got at least, there's 39, there's another 10, is 40, and some others. I would say they probably got a list of about 60 burial grounds that are just Providence mm -hmm. on their list. Uh, a lot of them are small family lots that might have no stones, but they're still in existence, but they're in the historic record. Or they may still exist with one or two stones or a small number of them. So they catalog everything from the very small and, and now non-existent to the very large as well. North Burial Ground, in reading their records, it looks that they've got something to the effect of you know, 100,000 burials or more, but certainly far less gravestones and inscriptions. Uh, North Burial Ground has the colonial period from the last quarter of the 1600s through the 1700s, then they've got the, the rural garden movement that comes along in the mid-1800s, and uh, also it's still an active burial ground, and they have modern burials. Uh, they've also got a, a pauper section that all the stones have been laid down. Uh, I'm not sure when that was done, but that's right out, right at the edge of, I think that's 95, mm -hmm. the Route 95 that goes right by it. it it's it's several hundred acres. Uh, it's a great spot. Some of their oldest stuff from the colonial period is actually the Quaker burial ground that was located elsewhere, but then rehomed to, to North burial grounds sometime, I believe, a little quick cursory reading said somewhere around the late 1800s. Uh, but North burial ground in and of itself is founded in, the seven, in 1700. With all the gravestone carvers that were here, in Rhode yep. Island, are there any unique carvings that you have found in, say, the North Burial Ground or St. John's or any of the local cemeteries you've been to that are unique to Rhode Island that you're not seeing in other cemeteries? Yeah, the first one that really pops to mind is a guy named um, John Bull, B-U-L-L, -L, like the big animal. Um, he worked in Rhode Island, and I believe he was in Providence. I'm not that great about my carvers, but I, I know he worked very locally. And I do see a lot of his stuff in the North Burial Ground. He's got this uh, wing sole that 
I always think looks like um, uh, like HP Lovecraft. There's this particular photo of HP that that is uh, is used all the time, where he's got a very uh, rather. It almost looks like it's taken through a fish island. So he's got this kind of long face and long nose. That's what this carver's work looks like with his wing soles. So he's got this kind of unusual face. He typically tends to always have a, an hourglass sort of on an angle in front of that wing sole and then the arm of a scythe in front that kind of intersects with the hourglass and then the blade of the scythe wraps up around behind the head of the wing sole. It's, it's pretty primitive. Um, it's, it's very unique to the area and it's very much his signature style. Like I said, I, I'm not excellent at my carver identification, but because his style is so distinctive, he's easy to spot, and he's actually quite prolific. And when you're doing these castings, you're not casting the whole stone. You're just casting the decorative elements on the stone. I have the ability to do both. Uh, I, I pick up the small imagery that make for good magnets. Um, that, that curved part across the top of our colonial gravestones, so it really has uh, if you're familiar with them, they've got one, one rounded, it's called a shoulder, and then a larger round in the middle, like a half lunette. That's the tympanum. That's typically where the, the lovely art is contained. And then there's another shoulder on the side. Um, very standard uh, anatomy for colonial New England gravestones. I can, I, I usually get a lot of the larger pieces of art come from that tympanum. In the, in the middle of the, or at the top, in the, that lunette on the top of the stone. But I also, I cast from the borders. I do have the ability to do full-size stones. Uh, I don't do many of them. I typically do them on request by, by folks that want me to do an ancestor. So they'll say, that they typically know, because those genealogists are really good at knowing all their details, they'll know where their ancestor is and then ask me to go out and, and check it for condition. Sometimes they'll ask me to make a plot plan, uh, take pictures, particularly if they live farther away, uh, and, and very often make a cast of the whole stone for them to have. Well, that was my next question. Do you take commissions? And you just answered that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you know, so many people that don't live around here, they trace their origins to the New England area. Uh, the genealogists really found me by coming into my booth at the different art shows. And they said, well, if you can make these castings like you have here on the table in your collection, can you do one of my ancestor? And I don't need much of an excuse to get out into the cemetery. So you want to find me a project at, you know, ask me for a commission. I'm, I'm in the car and gone as fast as possible. How would folks reach you for a commission? Uh, we are omnipresent. The website is www.gravestonegirls.com. Uh, we are Gravestone Girls on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we aren't on any of the other platforms. I don't Twitter or anything like that, but we're pretty easy to find, and we are always out and about. I try to stay very engaged with my social media platforms, uh, particularly now because nobody gets to go out and see me in person. So I've been doing a lot of live, going live from different places where I'm working, investigating. Uh, and when I see something cool, 
I, I just hop on and you know do a live from from for Facebook or for face for Instagram, uh, you know, right from where I am. And I'm like, hey, look, hey, look. And usually, what happens is people jump on pretty quick. You know, the folks that are following us will often get a notice that we we've just gone live from somewhere. And I typically get on to say, oh, hey, I just found this cool thing, and and I'm only gonna, you know, I just jumped on to show this to you. But I'm in this great space. Do you want me to keep going? And I I see all the comments come up. They're like, yeah, keep going. Show us what else you got. So it's it's sort of like having them there with me. And because really, you know, a, a gravestone is a gravestone is a gravestone from the colonial period in terms of its you know, a small t- number of types of materials or um, imagery. You know, but it's going to look different every single time depending on who carved it. E- even carvers, you know, one to the next, they aren't going to be the same. Uh, your input is by the people that buy the stone. Your input is influenced by what people ask for when they see what other people are doing at the time. It's impacted by what the carver wants to do and his skill level. So I always see new things. So I, I can show you a hundred different wing skulls and, and they're all going to be special in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. So always something to look at. And people are interested and we've got a lot of followers. Uh, I, I do do this kind of uh, travel um, with the with the castings, doing shows, uh, leading tours while I'm out on the road, um, both near and far. We and really, this whole Zoom meeting thing has really opened me up to do a lot of remote working on the West Coast. You know, people that that can't come and see me in person for a, a lecture or uh, you know, any kind of demonstrations or anything. Now we can. It's it's fabulous. It's really opened up a lot of doors. Well, Brenda, I lo- I'm a big fan of your work. You know, Thank you. I, mean, I know you are. You have quite the collection. Well, I've bought a couple. <laughs> Mostly, I give the them to other people. <laughs> That's good. Nothing says I love you like a gravestone. Exactly for all of those Halloween themed. People I know that like to decorate. That's right. They're for the hard to shop for in your life. They are for the hard to shop for. And I <laughs> those. So I did pick up a few things at the flea, which I'll be passing on to those. Excellent. Folks. Yeah. You know, you can, when you give them as a gift, it, it may sound like a strange thing to, to buy to give somebody, but we sell a tremendous amount of stuff for exactly that purpose. You know, you can be assured that when you give somebody something at, say, Christmas, it isn't like they're going to get another one. You know, you get presents. It's like, oh, good. Another sweater. Yay. Another scarf. Hooray. Ooh, gravestone. What's this? Well, there is Everybody's interested for one reason or another. There is that creepy factor, right? Because it's a decorative element from a gravestone. Right. But they are beautiful. It is a piece of history. It is a piece of art. Uh, We've got a, we've got a, a little saying that it's our job to keep our, our mission is to keep our dead alive by preserving cemetery art and history. Um, but it is really the ability to hold a piece of history in your hand. And if anyone wants more, they can go to your website, gravestonegirls.com. Take a look at the inventory. If you have an ancestor who's buried in Providence and you have always wanted a casting of their stone, uh, the gravestone girls are your source for that. 
yes, we'd be more than happy to talk about any kind of projects with anybody. Uh, we keep up with us online, you know, even though there's not a lot of physical markets going on, there are a lot of virtual markets. Do you have a favorite decorative uh, I get, element? I get asked that a lot. It's like asking what my favorite kid is. Um, I am partial to the, the colonial stuff because they can just be so, they could just be so wonky. Um, I've got two new pieces in the collection that I would say are kind of my new favorites. Uh, we, we have fun with this too. So we give them funny names and we name our colors funny things. So I've got one little wing skull called Little Doofus. <laughs> and it's because he's, he's small. He's a casting, so, but he's only probably about four or five inches long. And he's got these funny little wings, but he's got these big googly eyes. They, they're sort of double carved. So he really just, and they're, they're also not, his eyes aren't on the same plane. So one's a little higher than the other. So he looks kind of silly. Uh, and he's fun and everybody has embraced him. They, they just love him because he's so goofy. And I've got another new one called Trampled Underfoot. And uh, it is a skeleton. And on the stone, he's horizontal. And he's actually under the wing of a winged soul. Uh, but what I've collected was just the skeleton. And it gets a little bit of the wing. But he's got a scythe over his head. He's got a broken arm. He's missing a foot. And, and he looks kind of... You don't really know what to do with him on the horizontal, but as soon as I turned him vertically, because he's he's all akimbo, sort of legs all akimbo, he looks like he's dancing. Mm -hmm. And and he's adorable and he's unusual. He's not just your run of the mill, you know, wing skull. Uh he's got a lot of character and he's he's funny and he's cute and people love him. So right now those are my two favorites, but I got a whole bunch of stuff on the bench that I'm going to be finishing up and making their debuts as my markets continue. So they'll just become the new favorites. Well, I know your booth at the flea last Sunday was super busy. Lots of people stopping by to take a it look was. at what you might have that's new. And I'm yep. really glad that we got to catch up and see each other. And Brenda, thank you so much for being on old Providence. I oh, look my forward pleasure. I really look forward to hearing about some more things that you find in the old Providence cemeteries. And if I find anything good or any the listeners do, uh, you know, email us. At That's old, right. Let us know for sure. Oldpvd at MaureenTaylor.com. Actually, I'll throw one more little thing in there um, for North Burial Ground. They are very active in engaging the community and they're doing tours and they're doing virtual stuff, uh, even if, if you can't physically get together. But I believe they're still doing a lot of their uh, public outreach stuff in terms of education and, and tours. And, and like I said, maybe some of that stuff has gone virtual. But watch for them because they're very, very active and, and they'll tell you all about the different folks and, and styles and, and the people that inhabited Providence in the living and now in the, in the form of the deceased as residents of, of North Burial Ground. Good to know. Thank you, Brenda. My pleasure. Thank you, Maureen. Thanks to the Rhode Island-based band The Vox Hunters for use of their track Bells of Providence and Trip to Pawtucket off their album Fresh from the Board, 
Music from the Ocean State Songster, Volume 1.